Welcome to the Monkey Seats, the podcast that was hitting wrong buttons to make things crash before it was cool. Listen to last week's episode to understand that reference. My name is Tom. And I'm Carl, who's wondering if everything in life is now Bottas's fault. Oh, my dinner's gone cold. Bottas's fault. We are a fully independent podcast, hosted by two opinionated friends who like to put the world to rights. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms by searching for Monkey Seat Podcast. And you can get in touch with us by leaving us a five-star review and you get a shout-out on the show. If you want to support us, you can visit monkeyseatpod.com and make a donation to help us continue doing what we're doing. Uh, you can follow us on all the socials at Monkey Seat Pod or visit our YouTube channel, which we're live on. Uh, to see all our mock-ups that we've just done. Yes, and we have an extra face today, as we yes. have with us, uh, Veloce Supremo, uh, Mr. Ian Davis. Hello, Ian. Hello, gentlemen. How Great. are you doing? Yeah, good to be back on. Great, good to have you back on. It was, uh, Thank we're you start... so much for coming back on. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much. We're going to uh, start with the Extreme E today. Uh, we'll get to the Formula One um, shortly afterwards, but uh, Ian was travelling back from Senegal uh, when we did our last podcast, so we weren't able to cover Extreme E last week. So we're just going to do a little section now, just a, just a bit of a catch-up, see how things do, and then uh, we'll get to the uh, Formula One probably in about, about half an hour's time. So um, great to have you back, Ian. Um, so... How, 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 firstly, how did the repairs go? <laughs> Where did the, the repairs yeah, happen? Because well, I thought they were happening in Valencia, but then I saw something about Dakar. Yeah, yeah Valencia was going was gonna to happen, but with all, all best played plans and all the rest of it. So uh, we, we decided eventually that the best way and actually the most sort of cost effective way and everything else was actually to do it in Dakar. The staff were going in anyway. And a couple of the other teams, ABT, um, had some repairs and Ganassi. So actually, we, we had uh, one uh, workshop that was kindly uh, loaned to us by uh, some friends of ours in Dakar. Decent place. <clears throat> so we repaired all three cars together um, in that workshop. And, you know, we shared, we shared some staff. And, you know, age old thing of trying to keep the carbon footprint down, you know, trying to save some money, save some clients and people around the world. So it's actually becoming quite a, a nice little family you now, the, the uh, group of nine teams in the paddock. And, you know, we help each other out. And you have to in those remote environments. That's really that's really great to see. I can't think of any other form of motorsport where you you would have um, members of the opposite team helping each other out. So that's <laughs> yeah, no, you know, rallycross. To be fair, was always okay. was always very much like that—a very sort of paddock, family-based environment. But I think it's you know, with having so many little staff going to the event, that what makes you rely on each other much more and extremely. I think than perhaps in other disciplines where you've got hundreds of members of staff going. Mm. Okay. So what, um, obviously, uh, Senegal, completely different environment to uh, to what we saw in Saudi Arabia. What was the first thing that, that, that struck you about there that, that was different about Saudi Arabia? Well, it, it's, Senegal is somewhere I've been a few times before. I actually um, was an engineer on the Dakar rally with Jutta Kleinschmidt. Oh, wow. uh, back in 2006. The Dakar rally was brilliant. I yeah. mean, it's, it's gone nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, it's it was, now well. proper, Dakar, proper, Dakar, proper Dakar rally. And actually, you two and I stood on the beach uh, and we were, we were joking that, you know, 14 years ago, whatever it was, uh, the last time we stood on that beach together. And in fact, the last time I stood on the closed beach, I'd driven there. <laughs> you oh, know, it wow. wasn't even an aircraft. I'd driven from Europe down there. Oh, wow. Jesus, so, uh, I drive. Yeah, yeah, it was three weeks. Um, so Senegal, look, it's a classic West African country that uh, has its own issues let's say in terms of pollution and and and, and being a country that's that's modernizing at the end of the day a lot of these places that you know don't have the, the length of time that we've had to modernize our societies so they are 
now you know struggling between um, sort of feeding our own people and you know bin collection and trying to stop the pollution of the sea and deciding if you know electric cars or solar electricity are the thing for them. Mm. So it was good to go there because I think we engaged the population and a lot of these conversations and the government that they'd never previously thought about. Um, but it's remote. You yeah. know, we don't have the niceties. The other good thing about Extreme is that we um, we actually took on a lot of local accommodation. Mm-hmm. So around Lake Lacrosse itself, there's a lot of bed and breakfast places that were probably better 20 years ago than they are now. <laughs> a bit like Ireland. Um, uh, sorry, yeah. no, not saying that. So, so they, they actually did them up they took them on as a group put the painters and decorators in and bedding and new net with a new mosquito nets and and cleaned all the little pools out and bits and pieces put a lot of money into the local environment and what they were That's saying good. is for example when the dakar rally was there it was there for 48 hours it drove in did its finish line everybody flew out but a lot of the extremely staff have been on the ground in dakar for like a month hmm. um, setting the place up we brought a lot of money into the local economy so as well as highlighting yeah, I suppose one of those things that where it's more expensive to travel everyone to larger city hotels and things. I'm not even sure there is in Senegal larger city. Yeah, no, and I think it's 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 also the amount of time you want to travel. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can go in there of Dakar itself and it can take you anything from 45 minutes to two hours a day each wow. way to travel. Whereas we were a five-minute minibus ride with a local minibus company backwards for smart from our hotel. So I think that was the great thing about it. I think for me... You know, the race aside, if we talk about the venue and, and, and the Senegal race itself, mm-hmm. I think that's how I expected Extremely to be. Um, Dakar was a, uh, sorry, Alula was a, Sergio was a more polished version of that. We, you know, you, we highlighted things to the general public, but we didn't have the massive impact that we will have in Senegal. And I really hope that we're back in Senegal next year and we continue this journey with the people there as to, to, physically making if you felt we were making a difference mm-hmm. yeah it, and it definitely seemed like that and you know they they showed the promotional videos and things and it just it did seem like planting all the mangroves and bits and pieces which all the drivers were doing seems like a really yeah. interesting and quite easy thing to do as well you know it's, it's yeah like, no, i think it's organization i think and again we've had to plant them in in, in certain phases mm-hmm. um because of the time of year um, it's like beach cleanups. It's unbelievable to see the amount of water, made of rubbish that washes up every day on their beach. Mm-hmm. Plastic after plastic after plastic. It's, I mean, it's a, it's shocking really because we don't. Most of us go on holiday Tenerife or wherever it might be. Yes. Other holiday places are available. Um, and, not at the moment, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. We can't all travel the world like you can, Ian. Oh, don't don't get me started. Don't get me started. I've got test and trace on the phone every single day. You're reading me the same speech right. at the moment. Now I've come back. But um, so so now, really, you know, you really felt that it, it was the, the place to go. It was really hot. The ambient was much hotter than Senegal, which mm-hmm. caused us a few problems overnight with the batteries. Because obviously uh, one of the sort of side effects of running electric cars is the battery temperature. Mm-hmm. So we discovered quite early on that we weren't getting, we weren't starting in the morning with the same battery temperatures we were in in um, in Alula because it was much colder in the desert mm-hmm. of Saudi Arabia at night time. So um, that was more challenging, let's say, in so, terms of our performance management. Do you charge the batteries overnight and then put yeah. them in? 
No. no, the batteries get charged in the day. Okay. Um, but in Senegal, we have to cool them no. overnight. So um, we have certain periods of the day that we that we're allowed to charge, mm-hmm. and it's not a constant trickle charge. And, and that's to do with the uh, the new um, way in which we produce electricity from the hydrogen plant. Yeah, uh, which are really interesting. They're like containers for the yeah. power supply. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, and it's char- it's charging the big main battery cell in the day yeah. or overnight so that we can pull off it in the day. Oh, so, that, so, so it's constantly, it's constantly wearing away, charging a big, yes. a big battery farm basically. And yes. Yeah. And then, and then we pull off the, we all pull off on the big battery farm. So it needs it um, all night to do that. So I noticed that the actual pit seemed to be different. Your, um, was your tent different to Senegal? Or no, no, same tents. No, same tents. The same as Alula, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Alula. No, what I think, um, we were a little bit the leaders in decorating the inside of our tent, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the other teams have cottoned on to the decoration of the inside of the tent in terms of advertising now. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of teams have done up the inside of the tent instead of it just all being... All right, yeah, it just looked very camouflage. Diff- <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they all, look, they all look very different now. Mm-hmm. We're getting used to that. But no, it just, you know, it was very exciting. And for us, you know, having rolled in a Lula in Q1, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm finishing bottom of the table. We were, we were looking for a decent result, um, and as so you know, we, we got talk about here. those results. Yeah. Then, well, yes, yeah, so you got them there. Yeah. So, uh, well, firstly, I was just going to ask um, what what was the difference in format between what we saw in uh, in Saudi Arabia and what we saw in Senegal? What what changes to the actual yeah. no, race no, actually, format, or was it exactly? Actually, the there was there was only one change. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was four cars progressed to the final instead of three. Right. So we had two single qualifying races where the times were added together and that gave you a semi-final position yeah and then two from each semi-final progressed to the final right. instead of two and one uh from the last from the last race right so and you were was there a super sector is that new or was that in the last yeah. race I yeah so to... yeah no super super sectors new that's so what i like so i read i saw that super sector i was like i've no idea what this is because yeah. i didn't watch yeah. all the qualifying yeah. i only no. watched the semi-finals so, and finals so i was like what the hell is this about the super sector is to give i think the teams that that have maybe got nothing left to fight for in the seventh eighth ninth position mm-hmm. something to go at keep the racing thing so they're giving you extra five championship points to the team that produced the best super sector. No, it was sector two. Well, it was the fastest sector two in this particular race. Mm -hmm. But strategically, that was quite difficult because to do that, you need to use your hyperdrive, your your, your boost button, your four seconds of double horsepower. But you wouldn't want to do that tactically during the race because you'd want to do it um, down the beachfront, either the start or the finish. So it really needed to be a team that, like Ganassi, that had nothing to play for to use their super sector in that particular position to go after it. And it's designed in such a way that it's to give those teams that haven't made the, the semi-finals a chance to, uh, who haven't made the final, sorry, a chance to gain some extra points. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, I mean, that was interesting. Um, yeah. We're developing... Right, so, sorry. I say we're developing the rules, not so much the rules, but the format, let's yeah. say. I think we're all quite open to, to discussion about making the racing format, you know, interesting, challenging, making sure that teams don't give up, making sure that everybody's got something to fight for in every single race, mm-hmm. because that makes better TV for the people that are watching. So I think you will, we will get these sort of minor changes as the season goes on. Yeah. I mean, so you, 
So we get to the uh, the actual racing side of it, and I think you're in semi final two when you have just got the results up yeah. here. It was uh, it was JBXE yourself and uh, yeah. and uh, Excite and yes. yeah, I, yeah. I, I was torn because obviously we're cheering for for Veloce, but uh, yes, JBXE yeah. is also the second team that I was cheering for. So <laughs> yeah, I, I got so they swap their drivers as well. Yeah, I Jensen. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can now swap your driver. There's no there's no definite. Now, you could always swap your drivers. Um, I think you can use up to three drivers in a season. You can. Um, and that was brought in because of COVID and everything else. What will be interesting now is whether Jensen comes back or whether Kevin Hansen stays. He was good, wasn't he? he was I mean, yeah. Kevin Hansen's a great driver anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it didn't was, he do good. the tests with his brother? Yes, they were. Yeah, they were trying, obviously, when they were trying to promote the whole thing, they were trying to get yeah. the Hansen's in. Mm. Um, both being Red Bull athletes, and uh, Timmy got the first drive, um, and, and Kevin did a decent job. Him and Michaela, you know. Mm-hmm. But but you know when we talk about the race, we we went there with a different. I'm not saying that we didn't go to Saudi Arabia with, with a plan because we definitely went to Saudi Arabia with the plan, and the plan was to win. <laughs> um, but I think that we're now seeing that that flat out approach is doesn't work mm. in extremely. Yeah, and I think if you saw the way that that it planned out in Alula. Certainly in the early qualifying rounds, Rosbergs weren't the quickest. They weren't the mm. quickest. No. But they won the final, mm. you know? And I think that you've got to race smart, and, and, and we race smart. It's, yeah. it's finding those tracks and those roads, isn't it? Those divots, especially yeah. those ones. Yeah. But I think... Yeah. And we, we call it risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. So it depends how much risk you want to take yeah. for the reward you, you're going to get back. So... Ripping a wheel off the car because you've got to come in together with another car is a massive risk, mm-hmm. you know, for very reward because you're parked up and you're not, not the, the J- final. JBX did that at all. Mm. No, no. So you, you have to pick where you're going to be brave. Um, and I think that's become that's become more apparent now, you know, after having done one race. Uh, and it worked for us. It worked for us. I mean, the final wasn't the most exciting final in the world with the two cars having come together, but you know, we, you know, at that point, we were probably quite happy to be second. You know, we were happy to be second. Yeah. And, you know, there was a red flag and blah, 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 blah in the final. But at so that point, we were still happy to be second. That's, a, that's the question then. In that, in that final, they, you, you were told to... I heard on the radio yeah. from race control, do not go into the pit, do not change. Yes. And then one team, not yourselves... Yeah. Um, yeah. changed. Was there a penalty yeah. or anything for that? No. Why not? Or, or is that something that's now going to be questioned? Because that will no, no. I don't I, look. I don't think it's questioned. I think mm-hmm. that that we were very gracious to start with, and we didn't wish to pursue it. And I think that it was they were they were doing their best to put the race on the race director. Yeah, and they were trying to move cars off the track. They wanted us to hold in their base, whether we changed or didn't change. I suppose it didn't make much it. difference it to didn't, you. It, that was my point. It didn't change the outcome of the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there was no distinct advantage. There was a, a little bit of confusion over the radio. <laughs> it was confusion in presenters because they. I heard it, and then they're like, "Why are yeah. they not changing? Why is yeah, Jamie yeah, not yeah. changing out?" As well, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm race control. Obviously, I have the race director in my head in the command yeah. center. You know, mm-hmm. so I had it direct, direct from the, from the from the race director. Yeah. So I was calling no change to the team. Yeah. Um, 
but but it, it was not going to make you know Johan won fair and square in, in the second round you know and uh, Molly came in in front of us. I think there's just there's a time and a place for that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, to to win it in the stewards room wasn't wasn't the right way to do it in Senegal. Yeah, I think it kind of goes yes. goes against uh, like the very spirit of what you were saying earlier about everyone mucking in and helping out. Is you yes. kind of you kind of want to win legitimately. You don't you don't want to win on a technicality. Yeah, and it was yeah, a complete yeah, no, technicality. Right. Nothing moved. No, no, no one moved off or yeah. was ahead of it. And... Yeah, and he's a very good race director, and he's doing his best. You know, in those again, he doesn't have masses and masses of banks of TV and all the stuff they have in in F1 or Formula E. He's working over ten also with you know, limited TV resources and radio, and he's just trying to control it uh, the best he can, Scott. And um, and he's, he's a great race director, and um, he, he did a really good job in, in clearing the track and putting the final on. We've had a question on the live stream from one of our one of our super fans, Darren. Um, he's uh, he's asked, um, do you have a different car setup uh, for, for Greenland than what you had uh, before? So is it- uh, we'll have a, It will have a constantly evolving car setup what sort of so, things are you, you changing know, from track to track well i think that we saw a difference in the sand and the dust and we were on a very fast track in in um, in alula with quite the, the high speed bumps in saudi so the car would kick we were on a much slower track in senegal for example so uh you know things like rebound and spring rates are very different there and you've got soft sand that digs and ruts on a on a frequent basis every time you go around the track is different I think, you know, we've not been to Greenland. We've seen some aerial pictures and we've seen some uh, drone footage of of the area. But I'm accepting, expecting more of a gravel riverbed, mm-hmm. for want of a better word, sort of fine yeah. gravel. And I think it, it will hold up and it'll be wetter. So I think in general it will be smoother. Mm-hmm. So we won't have the, uh, the damping. Um, issues that we've had on the bumpier, sandier tracks. Hopefully raining, um, but we will quite like a wet race. I'd like to see them <laughs> uh, in the wet. Yeah, well, it's going to be wet from the point of view that the melting glacier, which is what they're trying to highlight, mm-hmm. the water's coming off the glacier. So we'll be going through that. But I'm also told even in the summer, it's single figures mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, the air temperature. And, yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it's Sweden clothing for um, winter clothing for me for, for that particular event. So that's that's how it, the setup really changes in terms of the environments that we're going to, and we're you know we're clearly in single figures, not expecting to gain so much battery temperature that we were in the desert. So it might mean that we can uh, run some more throttle response and, and 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 maybe traction control that you know talking, use that more power. Talking about changing of cars, I mean I noticed that the back of the X forty four team wasn't there, the bottom diff. Yeah, no, they 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 allowed us to take that off during the during the race because of um, the damage it was causing, and to oh, increase really? the airflow under the car, and to stop the sand buildup. All right, was it off yours as well? I saw it off a number. Of... At some point, it would have been. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I I just noticed this one. I was like, oh. That's I think I think cool. it was off hours after the Excite car kept hitting us at the backside. <laughs> <laughs> so during during semi final in the semi final too, we were in. We mm. actually had a problem with our uh, pit limiter button. Mm-hmm. So the wiring on the pit limiter button, uh, the the uh, join in the connector, was coming loose. So the pit limiter kept coming on. To be fair to Jamie, she twigged straight away that she could turn it off again. So it would come on, and then she'd have to hit the button, turn it off, and then 200 meters later, it would come on again over a bump. So every time that came on, we were going from, you know, 100 kilometers to 30 kilometers an hour, and we'd get hit again, and then he'd go off again, 100 kilometers, 30 kilometers, we'd get hit again. So it wasn't actually 
Because um, right. they mentioned about the limiter, but I couldn't work out what was going on. Yeah, so. yeah it kept coming on. So yeah, Jamie was having to whack a button as well as drive yeah, and through. I think for Stefan's run, we worked out that the pit limit was on for 17 and a half seconds of, of his lap at right. 30 kilometers an hour. Uh, right. So it looks as if he struggled, but yeah. it was um, it was the pit limiter button issue that we, or wiring issue than the loom issue that we had. Wow. And I suppose so this with, is the first, sorry, go on, Carl. And I suppose with the bumps that we're finding in all these races, we're going to have lots of little wiring issues and things, and especially being look, in we, the car. Look, and... It had been on its roof. <laughs> it had been on its roof the race before. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about we that. <laughs> chass- we, we changed the chassis over um, and got the car ready, and you don't know what. You know, how that got pulled, the driver getting in and out, connected to the loom and on the steering wheel and all that sort of business, and how if it got pulled or whatever, possibly so. Um, it's a little things that you, that you find out. Cool. But so, actually, actually, just remember now, guys. I'm, I'm going to just go back a second, sure, because I've got something exciting on the windowsill which I'm going to show you. But I'll take the one ear off. Oh, hard. has he got it? He hasn't my, got it, has he? My seat exclusive. Oh, he's got the award. Hey, there we go. Look at that. Excellent. I have to say, that is cool. What delight. is it? Plastic. It's, fa- it's recycled. It's, re- plastic. it's recycled plastic. It is. Yeah. But um, I have to say, Jamie Lever, she after all the problems and trials and you know hassles of of Saudi and all the work that we had to put in to yeah. fix the car in, in Senegal beforehand. Um, she gifted me her trophy. Um, wow! After the, I'm very proud of that. Sitting in, on, on the on the shelf in the uh, I sit that's on the windowsill there in the office now. So uh, yeah, that's the actual second place trophy from uh, from Jamie from Senegal. I've, uh, yeah, and I've, I've got a third under the desk. I've got a third place one from Rally GB. Twenty fourteen with Henry Sober from collecting all his. You never get, as an engineer, yeah. a first place one. A no. first place one always goes to somebody's cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a bit of a collection starting there of second and third place trophies somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool, though. It's a very cool trophy. I, yeah, I think it's, it that's a really cool one. But that connects. The ethos is, you know, they've got the, they had a trophy competition. You know, somebody designed it. They've recycled uh, plastic, you know, from the sea. Mm-hmm. All, all, all this stuff. They're sort of practicing what they preach. I think, and I think the Iceland ones are right. in glass, isn't it? If I remember correctly. I, well, I've not seen it yet. But I yeah. think I've seen uh, some images of it. And I think one of it's in yeah. glass to be ice and yeah. glacier. Oh, yeah. that'd be good. Well, stuff. maybe we'll get a number one. Hopefully yeah. we'll get a number well, one. Well, we won't see it. If you get yeah. a number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We get number two. Yeah, we kind of, in some ways, we kind of hope that you, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we won't see it. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to the- I have to get Stefan to give me his trophy the next one. Jamie yeah. won't take us home there. <laughs> Brilliant. So uh, obviously it was a much much better uh, weekend for you. Um, you're off bottom spot now after not even taking part in the last uh, in the last final. So you're up above um, yeah. uh, up on, up into eighth place now. Um, so Who's what's in your, ninth? Um, it's uh, Sarah Price and Carla Duke. Right. Um, I can't remember what their team is now. Uh, this is the Hummer, Ganassi. Uh, yeah, Chip Ganassi Racing. Chip Ganassi, Chip Ganassi, Ganassi Racing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've never been that far down in their lives, chipping. Yeah, after dominating <laughs> dominating the Indy car and uh, yeah, but they've had a they had a difficult weekend yeah. again. To be fair, but I think we go back to um, the risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. I think that they calculated that they could still win the championship yep. if they won everything, <laughs> and they were very American, very gun ho about the whole thing, you know. Yeah, and in, in trying to win it all, yeah, they've won nothing. Yeah, so good friends of mine. They, all or the nothing. Next door to us, yeah. In the paddock, they gifted us our their sand because we have this uh, grid play, mm-hmm. so uh, people get to vote for who's on pole in the final. 
Oh yeah. So we've made the final, and then you're up and down the back of the tents trying to do deals because the teams <laughs> who haven't made the final have their sand yeah. and their grid play, and they get to pour it into whoever's jar that, that that's left. Um, so obviously, people like Lewis gets gets masses of sand, yeah. and Carlos gets masses of sand. As other smaller teams, we don't get so much sand. Um, so um, to be fair, Ganassi gifted us their their sand, and so did Excite. Oh really? So we were we <laughs> were going up the back of you as an apology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were pretty close. I've actually had a ten side. Well, I, I, I'm excited to British team. That's Oliver, Benny. Ollie Benyard, isn't it? Ben, yeah, yeah. And I, I've I've done some work with Ollie yeah. before in, in Rallycross. Uh, so so they're an English. So Brit, they're British yeah, team. Yeah, so yeah. you know. But but Carlos Sainz, we got Carlos Sainz's sand, and 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 one of our one of our directors, yeah. the former driver Janarek Vern, Jeff, Jeff managed to convince Carlos. That because we were so low down in the points, that a gift of sand to us was like taking points off other people <laughs> for the final. So we actually won grid play. Like we yeah. beat we beat um, X forty four um, to, to the grid play, which which we never thought we we'd do. So it sounds like a lot of fun games. This of just yeah, and, just... I, and I'm one of these people. I was dead against all this. You can't go messing around with bottles. You can't be pouring sand in people's glasses. But I've been against this in meetings, for, uh, and they're all laughing. I'm jumping up and down because it's one grid play. You know, I'm not saying I'm a convert, <laughs> but we 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 I work mean, the system. At... Talking about that, like pole position, is there much difference to the pole positions? Like, is it just being in the middle? Is that the advantage, or being to one side? Or yeah, I can't I think, quite work think, out. So. No, I think there. I think the middle. We chose the middle. We thought there was a slightly better surface to it in the middle you don't want to get pinned on the inside and get pushed yeah. out, out over one of the early flags for a 10 second team um you don't really want to be the car that goes around the outside for example then stuck on the beach side because you've got to get back in middle was a fairly safe uh place for us to be or the feeling was it was a fairly safe place for us to be but on any of these things it's all about how you get off the line and where you want to choose yeah. your hyperdrive so if you want to use your hyperdrive then the beach you know, teams are careening down the beach and one car goes and you see next but pushes their button and they catch up again. You know, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's only any good if you have track speed. Yeah. So it, like, it's part of the fun and games is this grid position. I think it's interaction. It's trying to get yeah. fans to vote, yeah. get people to actually influence, you know, um, <laughs> and other teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the other team thing was, I thought was, was very wacky, but it worked yeah. for us in, I think they'll see us as more of a threat in Greenland. I don't think we'll get much sand in Greenland, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we got it there. So how, how yeah. far do you think you can go? So they're on 31 points. And do you, have you, are you targeting JBXE on 44 points? I'm not even looking at it. Or are you not going to look at it? Just going to try no, and think, maximise each week. I, I just think after the result we had in Senegal, that that championship table became, became uh, a, a non-priority for us. I think now it's about, it's about getting good results. It's about le- continuing learning. It's mm. continued learning for us. And I think that there'll be different elements brought into the championship next year. We're not seeing any regeneration at the moment. Um, mm. In terms of electronics, mm-hmm. I think that we'll probably get regeneration next year. Um, or, it's, you know, it's sort of been talked about. So there's lots we need to learn about the cars as a new team into the series with no formula e-knowledge. So we'll continue to learn those lessons. Um, and, and just trying to keep pick off the podiums, let's say, and then at the end of the season, that table will be what it what it is. And is Excellent. it um, is there is this a five year 
deal like is are they planning on is there obviously we want this to keep going but is there a yep. an amount of time as to yep yep there's a there's a there's a a new roadmap that i that i you know can't share with you at the moment that we're discussing no, no, teams, uh, to do with to do with what changes get made to the cars over the next five years yeah so there's a definite five-year plan here five-year plan um, and it's yeah. i think it's always one of the things about how much they open it up from it's now a single make car how much they open it up like formula e hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's got a little bit out of hand now, so I think they've learned that lesson. But it's opening the rules. I think part of, the, part of the fun is to be single car because what you're saying, that like exactly like in uh, Teneg- uh, in Dakar, that you're all together and you're you're not fighting yes. over the same bits of you know different bits of equipment. Yeah. You've all got the same. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's just how. You but they need it. to open up enough to get commercial interested. It's like anybody, we need to raise a yeah. lot of money to go racing. So I think yeah. things like opening up the bodywork like they've done for the Hummer mm-hmm. yeah. um, or for us to have a manufacturer, you can apply to make it look a little bit more like the front end of a vehicle, a little bit like NASCAR, I suppose, mm-hmm. in that respect. Or, you know, what they might do with some of the electronics or suspension going forward. I think it'll only be minor things like that. but Low-cost li- stuff and low-impact yeah, stuff as well. Like low-impact stuff, but I think you need, you need to encourage development. Hmm. or companies to come in to develop their products to support the teams that are in. So I th- I, we're not going to see people making their own chassis and massive changes to the design and the look of the car. Hmm. But I think there's little bits and pieces within inside the car that can be opened up to to give everybody some commercial leverage. Yeah. yeah. Get the brand seen as uh, a bit more recognisable as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, Excellent. exactly. Excellent. Okay. Um, well, it's a, it's a lovely catch up. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, we should uh, yeah, we should probably move on. Uh, yep. So no, uh, appreciate just that. I want to say uh, good luck for for next race out as well, obviously, and hopefully we'll we'll catch you again later on in the season. Perfect. Always welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. Always welcome Cheers. too. Thanks, Thank you, Ian. Thank See you later. Ian. No Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I need to go and get my coffee. So you're going to have to lively look at Tom's face. Or Tom's either going to escape and you'll be left with a blank thing. So I'm really sorry. I need my coffee. And I don't know where my phone is. And oh, that's no. Weird. Not your phone. I've, I've not had a phone. So, but I wrote things on my phone. To ask don't, me and I was like... Don't get me started on phones. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Bye. You can rant away. I'm gonna I mean, rant. you're good at talking on your own, aren't you? I'm going to so, rant about my phone now. So I should have had a new phone by now. Thanks to uh, the delivery company, DPD, uh, I don't. So uh, DPD, other networks are available and encouraged. So DPD turned up with, uh, with my phone when they were supposed to arrange a time to deliver the phone and swap it for the broken one, and they just didn't bother. Uh, are you still actually going on about this? Yes, I am. And then when they uh, when they, they they said they'd come back the next day, and they didn't, and then they returned my phone to sender. So I still have the cracked phone, so I can't see the bottom half of the screen. Oh, that's the best. That's the best it is at the moment, where you can just about see it when there's no light. So... It's frustrating and stressful because I can't do anything on the keyboard. So that's the trials and tribulations of my phone. Um, but uh, the competition winner of the uh, of the prediction league last year offered to give me the phone from the uh, prediction <laughs> league as a backup phone. So <laughs> thank that's you for it. the offer on that. Uh, my new phone should be here 
anytime. Uh, but uh, yeah, DPD decided they were going to return it to sender. Oh, they also took a picture of my garage and said nobody was in, couldn't deliver, and then returned it to sender. And my better half was. <laughs> I mean, your garage is at the bottom of your drive. But... Yeah. So what did like, they did they knock a big on house the ga- upstairs. Yeah, did they knock on the garage door and shock horror no one answered? You know, the fact oh, that the no, guy no, the guy no, had no, been there the previous day though. Oh right. But you do have a front door on your garage. I know that yeah, no, that's really weird. It's, yeah, but it's obviously not a house because there's a car in front of it. It's obviously a garage and you can see the one next to it <laughs> is a garage. But anyway, so other networks are available. Uh. Uh, and encouraged. So use use <laughs> use encouraged. TNT, oh, use Parcel Force, use Royal Mail, use anyone but DPD. Oh, and Hermes. <laughs> Don't use Hermes either because they're just as bad. I ordered a fountain as an anniversary present, and it came delivered completely smashed to pieces. So uh, yeah, and that's. Uh, but I I've mean, got a replacement. The one that. that throw throw crap over the window doors, aren't they? Yeah. Not that, that I'm saying that they do. Oh dear, Mazepin might have to go and do military service what a shame anyway oh well on. cool that's that's move so that was that's great to start on the uh start on the extreme e um it was a really enjoyable yeah, race sorry it's a, sorry it's a week late yeah but again ian was on just traveling back so he I got even questioned as to why um, i haven't put the extreme e on i was like yeah well that's great it's good, good that, it's good that people are yeah, it's good that people are noticing it, so uh, and following it, and we're uh, we're fully behind. I really Formula enjoyed this e. week. Extreme yeah, E. Oh, I almost got for a whole podcast without confusing no, Extreme E and Formula E. No, right. Um, so I really anyway, enjoyed that race. I'm looking forward yeah. to Greenland. When is that? That's ages yeah. away. They're always it's ages a little away. while That's off. Yeah, I will have a quick look actually. Uh, ex- next Extreme E race. Wow. Yeah, September. No, August 29th. June, July, August. Two. Stag do June. weekend. Can we watch the stag do? Can we watch the race? <laughs> hungover. Sorry. Live stream during the stag do. Oh, let's do it. Live stream <laughs> hungover. <laughs> Extreme me. Oh, what's going on? Oh, dear. Uh, Tom, all I can say is you made me dress in a clown and a high vis. Yep, I did. And writing all on me. Payback's a bitch. Yep, it's fine. I fully expect it. I gave everyone at Carl Stag to a sharpie and said, "Make up a rule." And every time he breaks that rule, you're allowed to write on him. But Carl Except can't I know what the rule what is. Any of the rules were. Carl cut. So I think I, my rule was every time you mention your then future wife, I could draw right. on your face. And other people just like every time he says "er" or <laughs> every time he asks a question. <laughs> so he ended up what just was like Andrew? what covered. was Andrews? Because he was really convoluted. I yeah, what it was. I, I don't was know. The, he was religious with it. He was yeah. like, like, was like, nope, drawing on you. Nope, like, drawing on you. Anyway, so let's let's get back to Formula <laughs> One. Um, so should we should we do the two minute challenge? Why not? Uh, it clocked in at one minute fifty seven when I wrote it um, while I was at work earlier. So let's yeah, see if thanks we can... for the picture of your crotch. That's fine. <laughs> it's the I iPad like that's resting on my crotch. I like how you, yeah, the iPad, there's a picture of an iPad resting on some crotch, which I can't show you yep. because the background will go. Um, no. But um, I also love the fact that you sent me a voice message about Ian coming on today, and I didn't actually listen to it until 1908. No, you didn't listen to it until you noticed that I sent him an email inviting him to a Zoom meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's this about? <laughs> anyway. Oh, dear. I need two minute to challenge. myself out. Right, Here sorry. We go. It's the two-minute challenge. 
There she is. The Azerbaijan track, uh, Azerbaijan track had a reputation for being a Jekyll and Hyde Grand Prix, and this year's race combined all three three previous ones Shit. into one and a bit races. Charles Leclerc uh, held the lead from pole with Hamilton and Verstappen in hot pursuit. Norris fell from 9th to 12th and had a battle with his teammate for 13th, but managed to eventually hold position. Perez quickly put his bad qualifying behind him and climbed to 4th, and Vettel also managed to climb two places into the points. Hamilton drafted past Leclerc on lap 2 and then held Leclerc in a DRS, which allowed him to defend from Verstappen. Ockham retired on lap four, never mind, with a sudden loss of power and Norris was stuck behind a struggling Bottas in 10th. Verstappen made it past Leclerc, quickly followed by Perez, and Norris made the undercut work to be the first of many, many people to pass Bottas on that day. Yuki Snowden <laughs> was told uh, told to push by his engineer, and then he then told his engineer to shut up. I see those English lessons are working very well. Instead, he pulled the trigger shut and up! went for the undercut. And once again, Hamilton got held because Gasly was in the pits, and then he was then overcut by both. Red Bulls. Vettel went long and overcut three cars to take sixth and Sainz dropped out of the points after a driver error. The race then went quiet until the safety car was deployed for Lance Stroll having a left rear failure on uh, on lap 31. Some brief excitement at the restart bore no fruits uh, and the race settled down again. Verstappen was cruising to a certain win until lap 46 when he suffered a seemingly identical, identical tyre failure to Stroll. With the race now certain to finish under the safety car we thought the action was done but Michael I think I'm a rockstar Massey dropped the red flag to tee up a two-lap sprint race. With everyone on fresh tyres, Perez led the restart, but Hamilton got a far superior start and uh, had the move done Just before kept going. turn one. Disaster, though, as Hamilton had accidentally switched his rear brakes off and sailed on at turn Lies! one. escape road, gifting Lies! the win to Perez and dropping out of the points. The battle behind was just as exciting with Vettel, Gasly, Leclerc and Norris all fighting over their respective positions and Alonso and Mabit, who was a racer, made up sixth place at the time to fifth. And finally, just for good measure, Mazapan then tried to kill Schumacher by veering into his path. There we go. Oh, that, like, right, hang Admittedly, you get that got that in, but you did start before the clock actually started. Just saying. No, I didn't. Well, according to my earphones, it's very different. Well, there must there must be a delay on the thing because uh, the timing that I went was on. I that. got beep beep, and then you were off, and then it went beep beep. <laughs> no, no it's ob obviously the uh, the right, audio sorry. you had was was delayed because I didn't start it before. You're miles ahead. Um, either way. Um, I mean, it was it got it was interesting at the beginning. Then it got very boring. Then it got all right again. And why they stuck at the safety cut, kept going lapping around the safety cut, I'll never know. And then it got very exciting at the end. Well, I have uh, no issues with the safety cars because um, because they were cle do. clearing up. They were clearing up mess and debris and stuff. No, and I don't mind. Sorry, no, I have no issues with the safety car. But I would have just pulled them all into the pits and got it tidied up a lot. A it's more interesting. I think I get the safety car. I mean, car I prefer red flags to safety cars. That's one thing. I, I don't get the point of going round and round under a safety car where you can't... Well, there's no race. There's nothing exciting. There's no driving mm. there. It's just getting the laps in. And it's just like, well, that's... I mean, what's, how many times do they go around? Four times? I think I'm more just, than that. I think they did six or seven even, laps under the safety car. Then, but that's just wasted time of A, racing... B, yeah. audience enjoyment, and I don't care about your red Ferrari. If it was the green Aston, it might be slightly different. I don't care about your red, not Ferrari, your red Mercedes. Um, so, like, just 
cop on. Like, yeah, I, I, pre- like, I prefer, that I prefer Red Flags and Restarts, definitely. I prefer Red Flags and Restarts because then you get more actual racing. I wouldn't mind it if they but... wanted to red flag it and then do a safety car restart. That doesn't bother me. I just mm. feel like it's just a waste you, of it's racing like you're, space. Yeah, you're losing You're losing racing. I agree. But I think there's, uh, it probably comes down to TV as well and, and sticking to schedules and things. So there's, that's got to come into it as well. Um, yeah. So I can I can see why they they think well if they keep them circulating around then it's just going to be a slower race rather than actually um, you know just like stopping and yeah. starting all the time. So I can see I can I see t- both sides. I completely agree with like if there's debris on the track, absolute safety cars. They, they make sense. Damaged but, barrier, hundred percent, definitely yeah. uh, stop the race for that because you can't yeah. have you can't have someone then going into because if someone's crashed there, but that means someone else could crash there. What was interesting was there was no damaged barrier at Stroll's crash. But I suppose because it's all concrete on that track, isn't it? Or no, to be honest, there was no. The only reason that they did, threw the red flag was because um, Massey would will be saying that it was because we were worried about further tire failures. But the speed they were going, there were going to be no more tire failures. Um, and even if there were, they still probably could have carried on because like yeah. they're going so slow. But uh, that was to preserve the finish of the race, and then yeah. do a which I think sprint. was possibly the right decision. Well, for the action, it was yes. Um, the purists of Formula One s- would hate gone. it, but the, the, because it's because they say it, it, they all say oh, it should have finished under the safety car. Um, but why? That's even and, worse. And, I know. It's and like races, races have, of endings. I mean, how many races have finished behind the safety car in Formula E this year? It just kills races. I know. And how boring is it? It's like it is boring. It is boring. Damn squib. It just. But I, I, just I hate that, it, Charlie. I hate that the Formula E finishes under safety cars constantly at the moment. It yep. starts under them and has them in the middle. Mm. Yep. But again, that mini. Just keep showing off that mini. Roll out the mini. At least <laughs> it's got a roof. Roll it out. At least it's got a roof. Oh, you and that pig in roof. But uh, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't really have any major issues with that. Just as a race as a whole, Baku, um, I think I've decided, because I've all been undecided about Baku, I think I've now decided what I think about it. I think it's, it's a race for action. It's a race for for like explosions and things but it's not a race for racing there was no racing that happened you, you don't have no, wheel to wheel racing at Baku you have DRS overtakes and left angle turns which isn't for me it's not the racing I like to watch I like to watch people you know going side by side and then doing a cut back and then you know having that that kind of sweeping it's... racing that you see at Silverstone and and other races like that this is just Baku pointless is work. a race Baku is a race for the likes of my wife, who's joy getting into Formula One, but likes the like likes that excitement. It's a race for me as well. You know, I'm yes, understanding it. It has more, a place, but it's a great it's a great race. It's an exciting race, no matter what. You're waiting for them to hit corner fourteen. Um, you know, it's one of those one or corner three, and you're waiting for them to go off on the runoffs. You know, qualifying really sent that up as well with what happening qualifying. You know. Um, Speaking of which, you said I need to apologise to your wife because I uh, I uh, I belittled her for saying that Leclerc was wasn't going to be quick. I would like to point out I was actually right because he was not quick in the race. He had a car set up for qualifying. Yeah, but it's still, I still think you need the apology. Anyone can get a toe and and put a. Uh, I still a quick think together. you need the apology. Okay, I'm sorry, but you were still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's an old one. I've heard that one before. Yep. No, it's, um, it's it's the Ferraris. I mean, 
how should we do this? Because there's a lot to unpack. Should we just go through the teams one by yeah, one? Yeah, I just, just sort of talk do you know what? Them? I was wondering why there was no talking points and I've actually gone, oh yeah, there's a line yeah. that says, go so, to each team. Basically. So I think if we, if we start... From if top we start, to bottom or from bottom yeah. to top? Um, let's, let's, start, did, how... let's start at the bottom. So if we look at, um, we'll, we'll start then. So the, the last finisher was, um, well, the first retirement was, was Esteban Ocon. Nothing to really talk about his race. It was just a, uh, it just ended very, very quickly. Um, yeah, nothing happened. Why did but, he go off? I can't remember. Uh, he just, uh, he lost power. Um, but yeah. then Alonso um, showed, showed some steel towards the yeah, end Yeah, so Alonso was really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm suddenly on grid talk now, going with <laughs> the teams. Um, Alonso was really interesting. He did a really great... I mean, he did a great race, and it was a bit surprising. He's coming into his own there. I think Ocon would have still kicked his ass had he been in the race. Potentially, and but I, I think... And, and, and no, Bez, he is not the driver of the day. Just Do you know what? That. I, um, Just want to clarify that. You Bez, Bez sent us a message, obviously, and I hadn't seen the race because I was I was somewhere else. And he sent a message just saying, wow, what a race. So instantly I was like, right, so Hamilton didn't finish and Alonso did well. <laughs> That's how I knew that Hamilton wasn't going to win the race and something was going to happen to him. And I knew that Alonso was going to do well based on that. Because yeah. Bez would not say the race was good if Hamilton did well and Alonso didn't do <laughs> amazing. So <laughs> thanks for ruining you my ruined fun. the race. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yes um so yeah i mean he showed some steel there like the last he's alonso's at his best when he's attacking like full pelt and not even like just going for it and yeah. for those two laps he could just go for it and not have to worry about tire saving or fuel saving and everything and he showed that he's still got that cutting edge when it comes to wheel to wheel racing like just pushing flat out so that was promising so i was i was glad to see that um, because it was becoming a little bit embarrassing, so um, it's going to be good to see how if how if that confidence grows and if he can now mm-hmm. push that forward. So that, that'll be interesting yeah. to see. Um, so next, uh, it won't, and he'll still go backwards because he's useless. But we won't worry about that. He's past it. Yeah. So next was Aston Martin with Lance Stroll um, with his with his retirement. Uh, on lap again, this. Do you know what this is? This day is apart from. There will be one team which hasn't. But Binary. literally, you've got one decent racer yeah. and one crap yeah. racer yeah. all the way through. And pretty they're much. not what you think they're going to be either. Yeah, pretty like, much. This is, again, so we had um, we had uh, Darling Stroll. But he was, he was racing well. He was doing well um, because that strategy yeah, of like starting on the hard tyre, running long. Um, I think he probably he would have been um, had he his tyre not exploded and the race would have run normally. I think he would have been finishing probably seventh or eighth, and then Vettel would have been fourth, assuming Verstappen's tyre hadn't blown. Um, so yeah. if the if the race had panned out as as it looked like it was going to, there would have been like fourth and eighth. Which, considering where they started, was it eleventh and last? That's a good day at yeah. the office for Aston Martin. They're definitely showing that, that the car's decent, and they yeah. and, think... and Vettel especially is getting on top of it. And the, and the second place for Vettel, I thought he was going to win it at one point. I honestly thought I he was going to win it. I didn't think he. I didn't think he would. I thought he was a good attempt, but I didn't think he would. I think he. I mean, 11th to second, I mean, legend on that one, showing his true racing form. And he raced, and he raced that, he won those places fair and square. Mm. Yeah. Apart from two, apart from two 
places, but we were, you know, because of retirement, or three yeah. places because of retirements. I mean, he, um, he, so even just... if he went from 11th to second and you take out those three places, he still went across eight cars. Yeah. I mean, he, um, he missed out on Q3, but this is a great example of when someone misses out on Q3, it actually benefits their race because he started 11 from fresh tyres, brand new soft tyres. And it meant that he had a brand new set of soft tyres to use in the race as well. So as a result, that meant he could go longer. He had seven laps younger tyres um, when he went, when he swapped onto the hards and he was chasing Hamilton. He would have been on the back of Hamilton because as well, the other thing is Verstappen retiring from the race. If he hadn't, I think Perez probably would have retired because of the hydraulic problems that he was having. Anyway, we'll get to Red Bull in a bit. But yeah. um, I think that as a result of that 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 pushing, uh, Vettel pushing on the back of Hamilton, he was putting yeah. the leaders under pressure. He was never going to challenge Max if Max had stayed in the race, but no. he was there pushing and up there genuinely on pace, which was great to see. And I think whatever happened... Uh, putting it together. Even whatever, I think he would have got fourth, whatever happened. Yep. Yeah, he was fourth on merit. That was his. That was his genuine finishing position. Yeah, so that's a fair race that he's had. You know, from eleventh to fourth. Yeah, I think. So that's. I mean, that's now two races in a row. He's one driver of the day. Uh, yes. Well, of, oh, official driver of the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think. Official. I don't know. I don't know if he got. Did he get? I mean, we gave it to him for Monaco, but did he get no, he driver did. of the day for Monaco? Did he? Okay. Cool. I'm sure I'm 99.9%. Someone probably I, right, I can't but... remember. I can't remember. But I'm uh, sure. But uh, um, yes. Yeah. But I but I wonder if if the new team has just gelled and everything's making sense for him. I think he's um, now Aston got Martin to grips with the, car. the team. I think he's got to grips with the car now. And you know, everyone was well, not everyone, but various people were saying it's you know it's need need five races before you've really got to know the car. Vettel had no time in practice at all. I mean, you're only looking what two races that Stroll's been better than Vettel, and everyone was saying that oh, Stroll's better than Vettel. Like, no, it's two races. There's 23 races this year. Let's see a bit more towards the end of the season. I always said, see how it pans out over the whole season, and we'll see. And where Stroll's Vettel is. been in that car. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's the same car as last year, bar some small changes. It's yeah. it's basically the majority of that car. This is what I'm saying about the, the, you know, Ricardo struggling yeah. and Perez struggling. It's Of course, it's going to be harder for the new people because they've got the same chassis as last year, which means the teammates are going to be so much further up the road. It's different. Still Alonso got... shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> YouTube. Oh, yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, a long... No. Um, so we... Yeah, no, I think that Vettel is going to be better than Stroll. My oh, question yeah, he's, always he's is well going to be what happens when they're on level pegging with the new car next season. Oh, yeah, Stroll's going to be completely put in the shade. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what Drive to Survive are going to do because I, I'm pretty sure Lawrence Stroll is paying Drive to Survive. I'm absolutely certain of it. You just look at the first few episodes. It was so like Aston Martin centric and like Will Buxton, the way he worded his questions, Lance Stroll, what is it that makes you such a good driver? It's like that's come straight out of Lawrence Stroll's paycheck that has. It's like, right, Will, I'll give you two two grand if you ask this question on Drive to Survive. Because then that's that's then all these people coming into Formula One have got this predefined notion that Lance Stroll is such a good driver. When he, clearly he's not. He's a good midfield driver because he's had so much experience. So much experience. Sorry. 
rant over. Ooh, someone went on a rant and it's not me for once. Yeah, this rant is sponsored by Sponsors for Racing. Sponsor a young driver to get into motorsport. Sponsorsforracing.com. We, um, to, we need to speak to uh, speak to. Yeah, uh, we haven't Matt done again. that in a while. We, we, the last we need to speak to Matt. We need to, yeah, we need to we need to just um, speak to Matt and find out what more we yeah. can do for each other because uh, we yeah. haven't really done much for them recently. I feel a bit guilty. So, um, okay. yeah, sponsors for racing. Sorry. Sponsors sponsors some young drivers. Get them into motorsport. <sighs> um, <sighs> Come on, Red Bull. Red Bull. Uh, yeah. So, oh yeah. I was thinking, how's Red Bull come next? Of course, Max. Because it was retired. Max Verstappen. Um, <laughs> the strategy oh, worked brilliantly and perfectly, and exactly how they how they panned out. And when I mean exactly how they <laughs> panned out, I mean stopping Perez early so he didn't jump Verstappen, and then being slightly long on his wheel so he didn't jump Verstappen, and then came out just in front of Hamilton. That was all pre-planned. Yeah, of course it was. Like the whole. <laughs> I mean, like. There is a one and two in that team, and they know it. We all know it. Yeah, yeah. No, they yeah. they played it well, and it's annoying. I was I was frustrated um, because um, at that point in the race, that was before Emily gave up and went to bed. She literally went to bed um, just before Stroll went out. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah. So Perez was going to overcut, and he was he was going to overtake. He was going to overcut Max Verstappen. One more lap, yeah. and he would have come out ahead of Max Verstappen. Well, he probably wouldn't have because he had a slow stop. So they would have just made it even slower to make sure that he didn't come out ahead of Verstappen. But still, I was a little bit annoyed at that. But again, that's no different to what Mercedes have been doing for years. They've always they've made sure that the drivers didn't get didn't get an unfair benefit, and that the yeah. first driver who makes the stop always gets the best stop. So you know, yeah. whoever's leading, it's not been it's not just always been Hamilton. It's been whoever's leading, whether it be Rosberg, Bottas, whatever. Um, it's been whoever's leading has got the benefit of the doubt. So, yeah, yeah. they executed a perfect weekend and through no fault of their own, uh, Verstappen didn't finish the race and Perez just finished the race. Can you imagine? I mean, if... I feel sorry for the Red Bull. I feel oh, yeah, sorry yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Matt, uh, for Horner because mm. imagine losing your dream, your, your, your boy in Max Verstappen, your number one. And then winning it with your number two, mm. like the drop. But they've and won what the was race. interesting, what was interesting was Perez turning round to, um, sorry, Horner turning round to Perez, going, "Enjoy it up there with Gasly." <laughs> yeah, because obviously he's on the Red Bull. He's he is paid by Red Bull, so yeah. But it was just the way he said it. It was just a bit yeah. like, "Go up there, and enjoy yeah, it." All right, yeah, yeah. yeah going, going, enjoy it with the, the person uh, whose drive you probably stole. Yeah, I think I um I, I saw I think it may have been George that sent it actually as uh, uh, the the one that had uh, the whole podium up there and it had written above each of them above Perez sacked yeah, by racing fired, boy fired, above sacked Vettel by. sacked by Ferrari and then above Gasly yeah. sacked by Red Bull and you've also got Vettel there uh, left Red Bull as well yeah. so all three of them were ex or current Red Bull drivers oh really yeah because Vettel obviously used to race for Red Bull instead of Gasly oh yeah oh yeah I forgot yeah. that there is a Red Bull. Mm. So, yeah, uh, George Russell was classed as a DNF, uh, went round. We never really found out what happened to him. They went round to the grid for the restart and he just pulled into the pits. And initially I thought it was Latifi pulling in for his stop and go penalty. Oh, yeah, so did I. But it wasn't. It did was he Russell. ever do that? Uh, yes, he did because, well, he, he didn't do the stop and go because they only had one lap. So they just added 30 seconds on at the end of the race, which is what happens if you don't do it. Um, which which is why, um, according to the standings, he finished behind Hamilton, even though he finished ahead of him on the road. But the frustrating thing for George Russell, they probably didn't realise this at the time, obviously. If he'd have been able to carry on, he would have got 13th place 
And now, because Mick Schumacher got 13th place, Haas have moved ahead of Williams in the constructors. Ooh. Because none of them got any gonna, points, so it goes on highest finish. So if you've got no points oh, yeah. at all, then it goes to the next highest position. So normally it's a race to 11th. So whoever can get an 11th place. Right, so penalty points. Mm-hmm. Which you'll get to Mr. Norris. Your boy has eight yeah. penalty yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, Hang on. We'll, we'll, wait, wait, wait. We'll get, on we'll get back yeah. onto this. No, what's depressing? What's depressing is the fact that there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people with more penalty points than Mazepin. Yes, but what you've got to remember with that as well is Mazepin is at the back of the grid, not nowhere near anyone. So the only times he's going to pick up penalty points is if he's being lapped. Um, Sorry, or he's, or George he's Russell, who's also at the back, has six. And yeah. hang on, the ma- but, Nicholas Latifi, who is also at the back, has three. Yes, but you've got to remember as well, this is a 12-month period. Mazepin's only been in Formula 1 for three months. Okay. So it, it's this is since last June. Well, obviously okay. the season started in July, so this is since last July. It's in the last 12 months because okay. they last 12 months. So, But yeah, okay. Mazepin's not going to get 12 points this year because he's not... Uh, Unless he's, he needs to basically be picking up a penalty every weekend to to end up with getting a race ban. And I don't think he will because he's not close. He's not close enough to anyone. The only way he's going to get penalty points is if he's getting in people's way, which he does do a lot. Um, But what I mean, we'll move we'll move on to that. Before actually, before we do it, we'll just touch on um, we'll touch on the uh, Latifi penalty. That was um, did you see that? That was unbelievable from the pit guy. The engineer. The yeah, so he was coming into he was coming in on the red flag. Oh yeah, what was that? I mean, and then stay the out, goes, stay bit. out, stay out, stay out. No, I didn't mean stay out. I mean stay out of the pit box. Oh my god. Then no, but the whole thing with that, which really annoys me, the reason they go box, box, box is so they can say don't come into the pit, like or come into the pit. Sorry, come into the mm. actual pit box, yeah. so that they can go through the pits without saying the word. Pit. Does that make yeah. sense? I'm yeah, sort of it's, trying to explain it's, myself it's, here. It's not Latifi's That's the reason fault. we have box. Yeah. It was just like, that was just such a cock and ball from... I, stay out. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Of course yeah, it means yeah. stay out. Yeah, especially like, as he was as he was on his way into the pit at the point. Yeah, he was actually in the yeah. lane to come into the pits. And then the way he said, stay out, stay out, stay out, it was like, oh no, no, don't. Don't come in. And you've always got to do what your team tell you in that scenario because they yeah. can see everything. So that was terrible from Williams. Bad Williams. Yeah. Naughty Williams. They didn't have a good race, did they, Williams? To your room with no dinner. I mean, they no. they called someone in. Yeah, and then they... I don't know what happened with Russell. Mm. Anyone can, if anyone yeah, can so he write to us and let us know what the hell happened to Russell. Yeah. So then we've got Mercedes. Uh, 12th and 15th for Mercedes. So Bottas beat Hamilton, second race in a row. Well done, Bottas. He's really turning this season around. Has he given up? I mean, right, Let's. which one do you want to talk about first, Hamilton or Bottas? Because I can, um, I can rip on to both of them. Let's do Hamilton first because he was the fourth. He was lies! The there are lies? so many lies with what that lies? man. What lies? Oh, they're so much faster than us on the straight. No, they're not. You're just saying that to excuse yourself. Oh, I don't know what's happened. I hit a button. What? You've never hit a button in your life. Why are you saying it's hit a button? And why is it okay for you to hit a button now? But when it's someone else hitting a button, it's not okay for them to hit a button. And it's all their fault. But if it's 
If Hamilton hits a button, oh, he hit a button. No, you were just shit. You drove forward. You admit you didn't hit your brakes. The brakes worked. I don't understand this button no. thing. I don't okay. get it. Can, can, can I give you a rebuttal? <laughs> a rebuttal? A rebuttal. My rebuttal. No, a rebuttal he... indeed, no. si- Squire. Yes. Right, if you see where he braked, he braked for that turn before Perez did. There's no way would he have locked those brakes had his brakes been performing correctly. You saw well, the they smoke. Were, they were on fire. Oi, no, let me finish. You just had your rant. You let me finish, okay? <laughs> don't, be high, don't be in Hamilton's corner here. Go on. I am in Hamilton's corner in here. I'm, he made I'm a mistake. reasoning. He made a mistake. It's a driver error because he pressed a button that he shouldn't have done on the steering wheel, which then resulted in him out right. making the corner. If anyone else hits a button that's wrong, no, oh, it's, his, it's his fault. It's Absolutely, it's it's completely his fault. But, but no, there's nothing. It's from an honest it. mistake. It's the same as it's the same as taking a turn wide and going off track, or missing your box, or or um or making turning into somebody and causing Sorry, a crash. Bottas it's a mistake. Missed his box by an inch. And it was all his fault. That wasn't his fault. That's Toto being a dick. I know. But now, it's Hamilton hits a switch, screws over their championship. Let's be honest, because now Red Bull are so much higher than the championship. And it doesn't... Don't, don't worry, darling. And the irony being... The irony being... Hamilton. Oh, don't worry, guys. Um, if we, We're just going to have a clean race and get round here. Right. Okay. So, Hamilton... Like, that's fine. Do that. Just get around right. the track. Hamilton, as we're pulling up on the grid, he was saying this is a marathon, not a sprint. Basically, what he was saying was he's not going to risk. He's not risk versus reward like Ian was saying earlier. He's not oh, yeah, going absolutely. to. He's not going to take on a do or die overtake. He got a phenomenal launch off that line on the way around to the grid. You saw his, his brakes, brakes was, went on. You saw his brakes were smoking uh, yeah. at the front end, and that's because he had the brake magic on, which was which was basically ninety odd percent forward brake bias which meant that he was putting so much temperature through those discs into his tires because he had hard tires remember everyone else had soft but he didn't have any brand new soft if you so were he Hamilton, hard tires. would you not realize your, your car's on fire no it's, it's fine that's what he was intending to do because as soon as you pull away it puts them out it's not going to damage the brakes because it's only surface fire it's not it's it's fine it's yeah, only if it's heat. only yeah. yeah it's only if it sits there for a long period he knows that within 15 seconds he's going to be gone it's not a problem so he's putting so much temperature through those brakes to heat up those hard tires he got an incredible launch off the line because he did okay. such a good outlap round well. to the grid so that meant that he got great bite off the tires he was all the way alongside Perez and actually ahead of him going into turn 1 he braked earlier than Perez for that turn but because where Perez had just moved across he's had to just put a slight correction on the steering wheel he's then knocked that switch back on again again his fault driver error it's a mistake he's made that meant that when he's braked he's put full force on it and the front brakes have locked because the bias is fully on the front there's no rear brakes whatsoever and he just sails on so yes it's a driver error but it's an honest mistake it's not like he didn't outbreak himself he didn't go for a do or die overtake he broke earlier than he would have done in a normal situation because he had the move done all he had to do was cover the apex and make it around the turn and he had the lead of that race and a certain race victory but because he knocked that switch that meant that he sailed off down the down the uh, escape road and that was his race done so yes it's a mistake it's not him saying oh let's be careful and then just basically doing a dive bomb into the turn one. It's not yeah. like that. So that's my rebuttal. Your rebuttal. 
I mean, it's still lies. There's so many lies in that team. I just no, can't keep wrong. up with it. Toto, um, on the other hand, is pissing me off at the moment. His, uh, his. Yeah, uh... I just think that, that. I think that's part of it. Actually, on the Hamilton thing, Grand, this whole magic pattern thing. Yeah, okay. I get it. I understand it. It, the, it's a bit weird that he's managed to hit it on and off, on and off, and you know, and I, it might I, be. I don't quite get like. If he just said he left it on, it makes sense. But then yeah. he's saying he then took no. it off, started, so, and then put it on again. And I these, don't believe that. And that's on the steering wheel, right? You've got all those dials and rotary well, I'm not switches. Denying that. Yeah. yeah, but you all those but, dials and rotary switches. Now it's not like you've got. Back. Yeah, it's not like you've got um, just a load of buttons and you just press whatever button it is. They, they've, he's only got like sort of four or five knobs, and you set them to certain positions and press the buttons. So given that he's just done his run round to the grid it's already going to be set to that rotary. So he might, in a normal situation, maybe he has to just switch it around to like blank it off so it can't be hit. But because of the situation he's in with the start, he's not done that. It would but, probably but be that once he's got through turn one, that. he then would have to switch something else to then cover that switch up so you can't knock it. I disagree with like that, that because you're only ever going to use the brake magic at the start anyway. Yeah, but what I'm so, saying is may, maybe it's something that he then kind of... Because he doesn't have time. There's so, much, anyway, there's so much other stuff that they anyway, have to I'm do. Anyway, I'm over Hamilton. Prepare. I'm over it. Okay, okay. let's agree to disagree. Okay. Grant, on that one, there was another fuckload of drivers. and Stop swearing on YouTube. And... Um, why Why not? I swear I hear loads of people swearing. Have you not seen, like, YouTube videos? There's, like, people, like, fighting and swearing, and it's all, like, normal. Anyway... Um, I suppose it is. I suppose it is the evening, isn't it? So we can probably get I away mean, with it a bit more. We're post, we're, we're post watershed. So and anyway. our thing comes up with an adult warning. Um, maybe Bottas. we have to. Maybe we need to have an adult warning at the beginning of this. Yeah, we could do. I suppose. Anyway, Bottas. <laughs> what um, the hell? Who the hell? Well, I mean, what is going on with Bottas? Well, I think he's checked out. Well, as someone said, checked out. I think he's left and gone, and not even checking mm. out. He's just exited by the back door as fast as he can um i don't get it it's completely crazy who well i don't know what he's doing i don't know whether he's just can't be asked anymore but that just doesn't feel like bottas i don't know whether he's just having a bad race i don't know whether he's having a bad setup or whether he's just getting so pissed off with toto like the rest of us that he just doesn't give a shoot it's it's a strange one. I know that he was obviously they were both struggling with setups, and then Hamilton managed to turn it round, and Bottas couldn't. Um, Bottas was going for a because um, you know what I was saying earlier about how Leclerc. But he's Mr. Saturday, and he didn't even start. Yeah, but you know Saturday. how earlier when I was saying about how Leclerc had a setup that was quick for qualifying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he went for a lower down four setup, which you get more straight line speed to cover up the the inefficiencies in your power unit, basically. Bottas went for a similar setup to Leclerc, basically going for the outright pace, but he couldn't get the right balance. So then when it got to the race, it was even worse. Because mm-hmm. we, we always say about how Bottas always sets up for qualifying. He was going for a qualifying setup, which meant it was even worse in the race. Whereas Hamilton went for a race setup and then just bossed it, somehow getting it up into second place and also giving Leclerc an amazing toe which basically gave him pole yeah so I, it wouldn't surprise me if that was almost semi-planned you know it's like we're not going to get pole but if I can get Leclerc ahead of Verstappen then it means that Verstappen will be on the dirty side of the grid and I'll be in third and I've got a good chance of getting him but as it turned out he ended up getting second and beating Verstappen I mean Laura has made a very valid point is it that the Mercedes are not 
not right for street ra- road races, street races. Well, and actually, when we get back in Ricards, we'll be fine. It's a more traditional Mercedes track. Paul Ricard, Austria, those types of tracks. They're, they're more traditional Mercedes tracks because of the drivability of the Mercedes engine through the fast corners. Yeah. Uh, they are much more of a fast corner type drive. Um, Monaco is an anomaly. It's just, you know, there's, there's just nowhere to push that car. So you can have the slowest engine on the grid and still have the fastest time in Monaco. So you just forget about Monaco. It's an anomaly. But um, yes, Baku. I mean, Mercedes have won, I think, there's been four previous races in Baku, and I think they've won three of them. Yeah, Rosberg, Hamilton, Ricardo, and Bottas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they've won three of them. Uh, but I think that's more just down to the fact that they are they have been so far ahead. There's not been a race there, not in the turbo hybrid era. So they've always been ahead at that point. But also that this whole, admittedly, you know, the raking system, ironically, the Mercs aren't on there and the Aston Martin is. Mm. Um, And whether the high rake, low rake cars make a difference here. Um, And also whether Mercedes, I mean, what was interesting was the two different wings on the back, on the rear of the, um, of the, Bottas's and Hamilton's. Yeah, so that's what I was just alluding to earlier about the different car setups. Um, um, but yeah, sorry, I thought you meant setups in the sense of software yeah. setups, which often, you know. No, no, no. When I when I say setup, I mean like spring settings and 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 downforce and wing settings, all that kind of. I thing. mean, the wing setting was quite an obvious one this time. Yes, which yes. Is just a bit yeah. like I just feel that's a bit like yeah. Mm. I mean, why? Right. What are they trying to suggest that that one car? Is better than I don't quite understand. No, it's just down to driver preference. So, however you want to set the car up for drivability, um, you just the setup is tailored to that. It's not like one's better than the other. It's just it's a different it's a different option. You know, you you either go. It's like when you play Mario Kart. Do you go for Yoshi and get a fast and a straight line, or do you go for Bowser who's painfully slow? But then it's all about Sonic racing in this house at the moment. No, no, I I like about Sonic racing. I like Crash Team Racing. Me and Emily play Crash no, Team no, Racing. No, no, all about sometimes. Sonic Racing at the moment. My boy is obsessed with it. I'm like, can you I can get, get Crash Team. Ra- you can get Crash Team Racing on PS Network. I know. It costs like a fiver or something. It's brilliant. I'm just like, no, but either he loves Sonic, so he's obsessed mm. with Sonic anyway. So Good I'm just know. like, I'm just like, does this mean I can get him into racing? Yes, mm. get him into racing, and I and I will be his driving coach, <laughs> and he will never get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyway. He's not the best at driving. He thinks he's winning all the time when he's actually. Oh, he takes just. He takes after his dad. (sighs) Victory sip. Anyway, Haas. Um, yeah, they were at the back, slow. (laughs) I love how we're at Haas, and we've gone through all these other cars. Yeah, they were at the back, slow, but then craziness happened, and then they weren't at the back. Um, but still slow. I mean, to be honest, the only cars they've beaten are. Hamilton, who went straight on at turn one and only had one lap to catch up to them. Latifi, who had a 30-second penalty and started you know, alongside them or just ahead of them. And that's it. That's the only ones they've beaten. So they were still effectively last. And Mazepin tried to kill Schumacher. Have you seen that? No, I haven't actually seen it. I've heard, I heard that uh, Gunter Steiner put out a press release saying, oh, they're all best friends again now. Of course they I are. Which I found quite funny. Of course uh, they are. I mean, of course, they, of course they are when daddy's paying the bills. Um, well, and, yeah. and, and one and one. So um, Schumacher was ahead of Mazepin. Um, 
Schumacher had his issue in the pits. Mazepin had his issue when he ran out of talent and nearly hit the wall and had to reverse um, on track. Um, and then somehow, I'm not sure how, but I think Mazepin got a better start at the restart and got ahead of Schumacher again. I didn't see it. But then when we came round to the... We were to, too busy watching in the front at the back. Yeah, yeah, funny that. Um, and then when it got to the to the end of the race, the, the final turn, Mazepin had an issue where basically he was derating. His, uh, he'd used all his energy up and then he got onto the final straight and then he had no battery power left. So he was just losing lots of top speed. So Schumacher was approaching him probably 20, 30 mile an hour quicker than him. And he had easily enough time to drive around him before the line. So, excuse me. So he's coming up behind him. He pulls out to go past him. And then Mazepan basically jinks towards him and goes back again. And Schumacher almost went into the wall because he was so close to him at the time. And Schumacher just went absolutely off his rocker about it. I'm not surprised. It was, it was hideous. I really don't blame him. I mean, that, the guy's a knob. I mean, we, we're, not, we're not quite on to McLaren yet. There are a couple more up. But for Lando Norris... To get that grid penalty, which I agree with, okay, I agree with Landon we'll, we'll get on to that getting a three-place grid penalty for for his for his red flag infringement in qualifying. I agree with it because it's a safety issue, and he, you know, he he came off and then he accelerated down the straight. He had an opportunity to go in. Yes, it's a mistake. It was not the intention was not to gain an advantage. There was, was no just advantage confused. to be gained. Yes, he was just confused and he made a mistake, but it still warranted a penalty. That got three penalty points on his license. Can I question something? Because they called him in, and he should have, and it was a red flag, but he did an extra lap. I'm guessing that doesn't count to a lap total. Well, no, because that was... All he does is an extra lap for free. Well, that was, that was in qualifying. It wasn't in the race, was it? That was in qualifying. Was it? The red, yeah, Norris's penalty was because of a qualifying infringement. When the red flag came oh, out in, yeah, yeah. in qualifying, Sorry, you're right. yeah, you're he right. then carried back round again. Yeah. You're right. Sorry, apologies. I forgot it's in qualifying. But it's a valid point there because Latifi would have done an extra lap. Yeah. Because he he didn't come in on oh, the red yeah. flag, so he yeah. would have done an extra lap. So I'm not sure what happens with that. That's well, what I'm trying to find out. It's, it's just an extra lap. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Um. Yeah. So that was Hass. <laughs> That's Hass. Alfa Romeo. Yep. Next. Um. Again, you know my feelings on Alfa Romeo. I mean, Giovinazzi and... Giovinazzi did well, but considering... Raikkonen did all right, didn't he? Yeah, Yeah, what, he got got a point. point. Yeah, he got a point, but let's see, who did he beat? Bottas, okay, fair enough, and the Hasses, and then everyone else had problems. So they only beat one car, and that car had an absolute shocker. You know my feelings on Alfa Romeo, you know my feelings on Raikkonen and Giovinazzi. Giovinazzi did really well, given that he started last because he crashed in qualifying. That's (laughs) the best... Think so he did really well to undo some of his shitness. Yeah, um, and that's it. Yeah, great. So Raikkonen got a point. Whoopty freaking do. Um, yeah. So now he's level with Giovinazzi on points. They've both uh, got one. Again, don't care. Moving on. McLaren. Um, <sighs> slightly better from Ricardo, I thought he was. Um, Norris got a bad start. Uh, he was battling with Norris. Sorry, then... slightly better from Ricardo. You say Slightly that, better. not a you lot. You say that, but look where he is. Yeah, I mean, and, I know if you're going on about he's he, only beaten, he passed, he's, he's only, only beaten the Alphas and the Alphas. Yeah, but where were the Alphas in Monaco and where's Ricardo? Yeah, good point. Yeah, so he has beaten the Alphas at least. That's what I mean. He's, yeah, you know, he's he's now at the back of that fight. I suppose the Alphas have got okay drivers, and it's a bit of a rubbish car. Well, they've got a better Ferrari engine than they had last year. 
and they've currently got flexi wings, which they're about to lose. Um, but yeah, I mean better, but still not great, considering that he was side by side with Norris on lap two, and then Norris has finished fifth, and he's finished. What did he finish? Ninth. Yeah. So it's still not great, but no. it's it's slightly better. It's 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 you know it's a, it's a points finish again. I think he could have done better. I feel there was a lot of little niggles he had. Hmm. McLaren have still got the most points finishes over the season. Well, the Mister Norris is the only racer that has to, to gained, have got points in every race. He's got points in every race. Yeah, he's now got the longest point streak in Formula One history. Well, no, in current Formula One, because Hamilton didn't finish. In this season's, Formula. no, like currently that he's got he has now got the longest point scoring streak in Formula One because uh, okay. current you know the current yeah, ongoing the current one yeah. because he scored in every race this year and scored yeah. in the last few last year whereas n- nobody has scored in every race this season apart from Norris so he now has the longest point scoring streak currently in, in I existence. Mean, I mean, I mean he had a good race, but it, but Norris's one race wasn't amazing either. I no, think he was slightly uh, lucky with where he got to. Mm-hmm. I don't. But when feel... you when you look at it, he finished just behind. He's finished on the road, just behind the guy who started on pole. Yeah. If you look at it that way, that's a pretty decent return. Yeah, but then he. Let's be honest. Had he not finished, had Hamilton, Verstappen, and even Stroll actually carried on competing in that race, I think he would have been eighth. Ninth? Well, let's see. So he started. He started ninth. So he started I think behind. He, there. he started behind Alonso. Alonso had a storming race, and yet he still beat him. He started behind Sonoda. He finished ahead of him. He started behind Carlos Sainz. Finished ahead of him. So they're the people that finished. That he's moved. So he's moved ahead of three people that he started behind and yeah. benefited from a couple of mistakes. It's a decent return. When you look at it that way, I annoyingly I had this realization when I when I went up to bed at like half midnight when I finally finished watching the race, and um, you can tell I'm not bitter about this. And uh, what were you doing? Again? It just it just I was doing a rehearsal for Wedding Singer, um, and then we had drinks after. Which is on it, anyway. Prothon. Yeah. Saffer uh, Park. Bra- Saffer Park in Bracknell. The Wedding Singer. Come get your tickets. <laughs> Safferpark.org.uk. In September. In September. Yes. September twenty fifth. 23rd, 23rd. Anyway. God, I'll be in England more than I'll be in Ireland that month. Good. Good. Um, anyway, so I had a realisation. I think Norris would have been second had he not had his grid penalty. What are you on about? Well, if you think about it, he, he got a bad start. Okay. No, he may, he, he may have got a bad start anyway from where he was. But if he started where he, where he qualified... Um, his what was his qualifying position? Bear with me two seconds. Uh, he qualified in in sixth. Okay, so Sainz made a mistake and dropped out of the order. He finished ahead of Gasly. Verstappen didn't finish. Um, Hamilton didn't finish, or didn't finish properly. And Leclerc finished behind him. So everyone that he would have started behind without the grid penalty, he finished ahead of, apart from Gasly. Mm-hmm. So potentially he could have been second. Okay. It's a possibility. And then he would have been fighting with Vettel. But yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, it, it may not have done. Never, As it was, you he never was stuck know. That's him, the thing. It's, it, yeah. There's an alternate universe which is playing that game. Yeah, yeah. But equally, there's another alternate universe where him and Ricardo came together on lap two and McLaren got no points. So I'm just glad yeah. we're not in that universe. <laughs> yeah. That I sounds think that's, familiar. That's, 
What yeah. happened there? Uh, anyway. Ferrari. Carlos Sainz. Disappointing. Eight. The, I the mean, greatest reversers, aren't they? Oh, my God. He, that, that was, I can't they believe going that wasn't looked at. I can't believe that wasn't investigated when he backed back onto the track and then Giovinazzi nearly hit him. I can't believe <laughs> like, that wasn't investigated. That is dangerous. I mean, it's, they're, they're just going backwards in every sense. Literally, on the track, doing naughty things. Well, I mean, they, they were never going to be good at this track. And anyone who predicted that they would be good at this track needs their head examining. Hello, Laura. Uh, they, um, yeah, I think Leclerc, best case scenario was a podium at the end of that, and he almost got it. He was he was ahead of Gasly on the last lap, but Gasly got him back. But hang on, he should have, like, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, they're playing the um, the Bottas game of just get high up in, in um, qualifying and then work out what to do after that. Yeah, I mean, they never had the pace for it. They went for a one-lap setup to try and, you know... I think, they I just, think that's they just... going to be with them now the whole time. I think we'd expect them to be high off the qualifying yeah. and then they slowly fall back. Yeah, I think that's the, they're going to be a decent qualifier and then they'll fall back in the races. McLaren will have the race pace on them, but they'll fight with them in the qualifying. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be tough for them. But um, Alpha Tori next, very high. <laughs> Um, Sonoda, go on. Sonoda didn't do badly. Shut up! Yeah, I mean, told his engineer to shut up, which is a bit rude, but you know, whatever. Um, shut up! Um, that just <laughs> makes me laugh every time. Gasly, I, I'm finding it very difficult to maintain my um, I don't rate Pierre Gasly stance because that was a solid drive. That was a really solid drive. I don't know yeah. if it's the car or if he, if he is actually that good. I think he um, is actually that good. I think he's got he's, a decent car under him now. Yeah. They're now the sister team as opposed to the baby team. Yeah, they've um, been squandering points all season. This is where they, this is where they should be. Not like finishing position wise. I mean, in relation yeah. to those who didn't finish, this is where they should be. They should be, you know, with the Aston Martins, Ferraris, McLarens, and Alpines I mean, all fighting in. And that I think group. they are, and I think Sonoda's getting hold of the car now. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Gasly, he's a, he is a rookie. Like a yeah. raw rookie, so he's gonna take a while. He's and gonna he take doesn't half know half the tracks. He doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, he's never driven Monaco last. Yeah. You know, he's never driven Baku. No, he's never driven Baku. No, because so, he, it wasn't in F two yeah. last year because didn't he didn't run. So, so I mean, fair play in him. Like if he's never driven them, and apart from a simulator, mm. like that, you know. Um, now we've covered AlphaTauri, that covers everyone. So uh, if we have a look at the standings, uh, that doesn't do anything for the top two with Max Verstappen still on 105 points and Lewis Hamilton on 101. Sergio Perez has now uh, displaced Lando Norris on 69. Lando yeah. Norris is now fourth for 66. Charles Leclerc, 52. Valtteri Bottas down to sixth place for 47. Carlos Sainz, 42. Pierre Gasly, 31. Vettel up to 28. Ricardo 26. Alonso, 13. Ocon, 12. So Alonso's moved ahead of Ocon now. That's How's interesting. that happened? Oh, yeah, because Just he wasn't in the place. race. Because he retired. Sixth place, yeah. 
Lance Stroll, nine points. So, yeah, he's getting his ass handed to him now. He's 19 points behind uh, Vettel. Sonoda, eight points. Raikkonen, one point. Giovinazzi, one point. And everyone else, zero. It's annoying, actually, because I was on Grid Talk on Saturday, and I had a bold prediction lined up, and they never asked what the bold predictions were. George, if you're still in the chat, there's a, I've got a bone to put with you. Steph didn't ask the bold predictions. My bold prediction was a driver who currently has no points will have at least one point at the end of the race. Kimi Raikkonen now has a point. I thank you. However, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. Yeah. However, in my predictions, I did also say that Max Verstappen would be the second retirement and Sergio Perez would be the first retirement. Uh, yeah, All right. happen. I was close, though. I was close with Verstappen. Um, constructors, 174 points now. Red Bull leads uh, Mercedes with 148. So a bit of a gap opening up there. Ferrari, 94. McLaren, 92. So Ferrari ahead of McLaren now. Alfa Torre up to 4 for 39. Aston Martin, 37. Uh, Alpine, 25. So that's a nice little fight there. 5th, 6th and 7th all close together. And then 3rd and 4th just a little bit further up out of the way. Alfa Romeo on their own in 8th. And then you've got Haas now ahead of Williams due yeah. to that 13th place. So what does that do for our predictions? Predictions! How do you think we did? Uh, zero points, zero points. Well, I guess predicted from last week, Jack Benyon got a grand total of zero points. Um, <laughs> I got a grand total of zero points, and you got a grand total of zero points. Maybe we need to rethink these prediction leagues, because we're not <laughs> doing that well. We're not. So far, out of six races, you got two points, and I've got four. And the guest predictor's got three. Wow. And the guest predictor hasn't has only done four races. I like I like the idea that we aren't getting them all spot on, and it's more interesting. Yeah, it's fine. That we're not just predicting one, two, three, which is always Hamilton Bottas. I have a question. Verstappen Bottas. But I have a, I have a question for you, Carl. Driver of the day. No, we all know Vettel. Is there anyone else? Any other honourable mentions? Um, no. Snowda possibly. Gasly possibly. Anyone on the podium? How can you not say Perez managing that issue as well? Whether he knew much about it, I'm not sure. I don't think he knew anything about it. Kimi Raikkonen for scoring a point. No, he'd be stupid. Um, yeah, Kimi Raikkonen for scoring a point. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy to go with Vettel. Vettel makes sense to me. I mean, that's really the only one that's really there. Um, so, I'm calling yeah. it. It's Vettel. So, next question. Who's our dick of the day? Total this is Wolf. a hard one. There's Toto. There's, right. There's, a How, there's Lewis Hamilton because he pressed the button and that was quite dickish. That was a it's stupid a dick move. That was a stupid dick move. Okay, granted. There's Toto Wolf because Toto Wolf's just being a dick at the moment. Yep. There's Mazzy Spin because Mazzy Spin's being a dick at the moment. Yep. There's the Red Bull racing team for Perez holding him in the pits for that second longer than they needed to. That's quite dickish. It's contentious, though. They can't say for certain. Um, there is Pirelli. They said it was debris. Yeah. Lies! Lies! They've said they found cuts on the tyres, and there was also a cut on Oh, yeah, they found a cut on Hamilton's tyre as well. Again, Do you literally lap up anything that's on the internet? No, I'm just. Are saying, you a Trump supporter in disguise? I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm trying to make Formula One great again. <laughs> you went up my nose. 
So, based on those nominations there, I agree with all of them. I agree with all of them. But what I will say is, Red Bull holding Perez is contentious. Can't be proven. Pirelli. God, if you're dying, just mute yourself. Thank you. So... Rebel holding Perez is contentious. I could actually breathe because they were still drunk up my nose. <laughs> like... I need to have Rebel... a big snort to get it back. Anyway, on that note, nice. Rebel holding Perez <laughs> nice. was contentious. Uh, couldn't be, can't be certain. Perez's tires contentious because they found slits and things. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've said that it was because of that. Um, Hamilton, he made an error, which was a dickish error, but it's not like he blamed the team. He came straight out and said, I'm really sorry, and they said that's fine. To be so... fair on Pirelli, though, I think they should have just gone, mm, let's be honest, lads, you all, start, you all went for the really long, hard tyre idea, and they weren't designed for that. Length. Well, the, gui- the guidance Pirelli gave was you could do about 40 laps on those tyres, and both, uh, was it uh, Verstappen, when did he go out? Lap 41... Okay. And he also did... And he what, didn't 12, change tyres on lap one. He, he did like 10 laps yeah. on them and, and Stroll went out on lap 31. So they, had, they hadn't they had hit. And both tyres still had wear on them. They weren't worn out. But what they, is interesting... They still had okay, so you've just said Thingy Bob was on 31 and uh, Stroll was on 31 and Hamilton was on 41. Or 42, roughly, and he'd done... Verstappen, uh, you mean. Verstappen, sorry. Verstappen was on 41 and he's done 10... 10 or 11. Yeah, so it's roughly laps, 30 so it's laps. 30 laps. So there's roughly, obviously yeah. an issue there. Yeah, again, it's it's not the loaded tyre on that track. You know, it's, it's not the tyre that takes the most punishment. So I, I'd be surprised. I think what it is, is but given that it was the left tyre and it's also the left tyre on Hamilton's tyre that's that's got the, the alleged slice in it, I think there's something on that track that cuts into the tyres at a certain point that only cuts into the tires. Yeah. I, if you hit a certain point of the track that isn't on the racing line, and at some point during the race, those three cars took that line for some reason, and as a result, that's what's caused caused that accident. I think that's what's happened. Which is probably the fastest line. Well, no, because it would have happened earlier. Because it would have happened earlier, because if they'd have kept doing it, and then it would have happened earlier, I think. But... Either way, I but think then if it's if it's literally if it's literally just a scuff that's taking them out every time, you know, possibly the tires yeah. going over it. And if you're going over it, but they're the times, only three. They're the only three that have yeah, done it. Yeah, but they're so the only three really that be... possibly could be doing a line. I mean, Stroll was going very fast. He was doing fast-ish laps. Yeah, but no, no quicker was... than no quicker than anywhere else. He was just going long on those tires, wasn't he? I think. It's, it, we're not going to know. I mean, hopefully there should be a report before Paul Ricard, which frankly will probably be more interesting than the race. Um, <laughs> so, because Paul Ricard's a terrible track. Um, yeah, I, it's difficult to say. I, I'll look look to see what the um, what the report says. But back to Dick of the Day. I think for me, it's between Toto Wolff and Nikita Mazepin because everything else is contentious, and those two were definitely dicks. I can't give it to Mazaspin. Surely, why but not? Maybe, again, I think because it's just like Toto is just day, another dollar. Toto is just being Toto is just being a dick in general at the moment. Whereas um, he was he, dick there was of the nothing. Day. No, I mean Toto was, didn't actually do anything dickish that day. I mean he called he called um, Horner a windbag, which frankly should be applauded. Um, 
because <laughs> he is a windbag. But uh, yeah, the fact he said it on telly though is uh, yeah, yeah slightly iffy. But yeah, no, I think we give it to Mazepin. Oh, once again, doesn't mean he has to be. He's only been dick of the weekend once, oh, right. and that was after Portuguese Grand Prix. Yeah, okay, so that's driver and dick of the day. Is there anything else? We've done predictions, we've done standings, we've done talking points. We can move on to F2, unless you want anything you want to talk about in F1. Time is getting on. No, no, we're all good. Let's get on to F2. Um, so what I'm going to try and do with the F2, I've, I've written my, uh, my race reviews um, for this. I've got a one-minute sound effect. I've not timed these, so I don't know if they're going to fit into the one-minute time limit. Oh, but yeah, I'm going we've to got try. Three races, haven't we? With this. Yeah, I'm going to try and fit them into my one minute. Minutes a win it. So, uh, and I also, I also wrote these three days ago, and I haven't read them since. So I'm probably going to be tripping over my words loads as well. But there we go. Um, so here we go. Uh, Schwartzman starting from reverse rear pole for sprint race one, having qualified 10th in Baku for sprint race one and needed a strong weekend to kickstart his season. Support races in Baku normally equal craziness, so the promise of F for three races in F2 in Baku was frankly mouthwatering. Aiken got spun around and stalled going into turn one, and Liam Lawson similarly got tagged and had a low speed bump into the wall at turn two. I waxed lyrical last time out at Monaco about how good the marshals were. Well, spoiler alert, I doubt I'll be mentioning them in such high praise in Baku as marshals just don't <laughs> even compare. Alessio Deleda spun off at turn two, but no one cares about the Monaco dick of the day. The safety car was deployed while headless headless chickens in orange jump shoots did their thing running around in circles. Piastri was next to retire after damage from contact with Liam Lawson's uh, read its ugly heads and making that four retirements uh, from contact in the first two corners. This left Deruvela, Joe, Armstrong competing for the top four. I'm not going to do this. No way. Not at all. Yeah, that's quick. Uh, Vips passing poor chair was the only mover at the restart, uh, with Schwartzman leaving it until until as late as possible to go, which seemed a sensible move to make. Tictum made a tidy overtake to take fifth from Boshong and set after Armstrong with Schwartzman pulling three seconds clear of Deruvela. The next lap, Tictum made another pass on Armstrong to take fourth, and poor chair slipped past Vips for seventh. It took Tictum three laps to catch and pass his Carlin teammate Deruvela with a mature performance from Dan with ten laps to go. He made short work of Joe, who was causing a bit of a train behind him. Tickton was now second with just over a four-second gap to Schwartzman, who looked untouchable up front. He quickly broke the DRS from Joe, uh, but was not making any inroads in Schwartzman's lead. Tickton and Schwartzman kept swapping fastest laps with Porcher eventually taking the bonus point. But apart from the late swap between Porcher and Boshong, the action was sparse to say the least. Schwartzman won from Tickton and Joe. Um, yeah, Tickton's... Um, thank God for Tickton, because that would have been a horrendous race had it not been for him. <laughs> couple of crashes That's on shocking, lap one. Isn't it? Yeah. No, it's much more mature drive from him. So what you was going they're... on with the marshals? Oh, just they're just not very good. Um I expected to see them like making loads of mistakes and things, but <laughs> to be fair, it was a start of the weekend they were a bit pants and after that they were alright. Like Yeah. They didn't seem to do time. too bad a job. Yeah, they were fine in the, in the F1. F1 to be fair. I was expecting them to be like a running commentary throughout the whole weekend, but it wasn't. <laughs> As you can see, because I wrote um, that, I wrote that first review on um, on Saturday morning, and yeah. they, I don't mention them again after that. Um, I don't rate Joe. It's his third season in F two. I know he's leading the championship, but he's nothing special. It's his third year. He should be destroying these guys now. 
He shouldn't be like fighting for the. He's not got. He's, let's be honest. He's a waste of a seat because he's not going up to Formula One. Well, he's in the uh, Alpine Young Driver program, so he's technically like the. So in the driver. world of, yeah, in the world of Swaparoo's, where in the in one world where Ocon goes into the where Bottas leaves and Ocon goes into that Mercedes seat, then he, that's the only way he's really going to find his way in. Yeah, unless what I think might happen is oh, I think, also. I think there's Renault a, might be buying into the Alpha team in some yeah, capacity. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Unless there's an Alpha team. Yeah. Um, that's, um, but that's either a way, there's thing. a Scuderia in there. You're not Scuderia. It's, um, what's his name? Um, what's the company? The racing team? No, Alpha. T- uh, who who runs Alpha Romeo? Sauber. Sauber. So there's a Sauber seat and there's a Ferrari seat in there at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, but Ferrari won't be involved if Renault get involved. No, so Ferrari, well, uh, Renault would buy out Ferrari's seat. Well, yeah. Giovinazzi well, no, they would... sits in Giovinazzi there, yeah, but so with Sauber. No, well, no, I reckon Raikkonen. Raikkonen owns part of Sauber. He so... doesn't own part of Sauber, I don't think. Yeah, he does. Raikkonen is part owner of Sauber. But equally, um, I don't think Raikkonen's going to be racing next year. No, he'll give up. And I, And frankly, I hope he isn't. Because it's it it is a waste of a seat and it's keeping a young driver out of Formula One. So I hope he doesn't. Um, yeah, it was all simple overtakes, no, nothing side by side. Only action, only action was in lap one, apart from DRS. So which kind of defines my um, my issue with with F two really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the second sprint race. Uh, I'm not going to do the time. Oh, Jesus, I, don't think I forgot. Because, there's three of these. Yeah, there's three of them. Um, uh, he bought uh, he brought part in 2018. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's when he went there, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I I hope he doesn't stay. Um, I won't do the timer for this because it's it, I, just looking at how many words there are. It's going to be too long for the minute. So I'll, I'll do that for next time. I'll start to plan my reviews to be under a minute for each sprint race. Um, <laughs> so F2's 100th race since the rebranding of GP2 uh, promised more than the 99th with there being no consequences for a bad result in Sprint 2. Apart from the points loss, obviously, as the Sunday feature race will be taking the starting positions from Friday qualifying. Viscal led the way ahead of Beckman after their 10th and 9th place finishes in Sprint 1 with a, with the top 10. Lots of wheel spin and tyre smoke at the start and Turn 1 and we see the championship leader Joe spinning Tictum round. Beckman went round the outside to turn three to hold the inside round line the outside, for turn four. Round the outside. I thought of that when I wrote that and take the lead. The safety car was then deployed for the turn one incident with Schwartzman taking a few a few spots at the start to put him in a good spot in sixth. Daruvala passed Vips at the restart and Porcher peeled off to change his front wing, leaving a lot of the main title protagonists out or at the back. Vips repassed Daruvala and Viscal to climb to second, with Beckman already out of DRS range. Lap 6 in the Williams test driver and potential Russell replacement, Roy Nissany went up the back of Richard Vashore and put him into the wall. Roy was on the radio saying how early Vashore braked. Future Sonoda was at fault, in my opinion. Tictum, despite <laughs> it's a being... future Sonoda. Yeah. A future Russell. Wow. Yeah. So, if you, yeah, Roy Nissany is future Sonoda i.e. Mr. Crashgate, uh, Tickton, despite being last, had shown great pace and racecraft to climb to 10th and was looking to reduce the damage Joe caused to him in lap one. Viscal na- nailed Vips and Lungard and snatched 7th from Drogovic before getting spun into the wall at turn one. Armstrong also completely outbreaked himself and went head-on into the wall, causing a virtual safety car this time. 
Uh, ticked him now up to 7th and Lawson 6th after starting 20th. 10 laps to go and Vips took the lead from Beckman who instantly fell over a second behind allowing Vips to pull away from DRS. Lawson seemed to lose drive for a, for a second allowing Tictum and Piastri through but his pace then stabilised and he retook Piastri the next lap. Everyone seemed to take a sensible pill and it calmed down for the last few laps and everyone maintained their position. Vips won from Beckman, Daruvula and Viscal. And so far for both races, my driver of the day for these two races is Dan Tictum. He's had two solid, solid what's races wrong? there. I know. Is it just that he hasn't fucked up? Is that what's wrong? Well, there's another race to come yet. Give it time. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, I mean, I reckon they were like they they seem to be too scared to put a safety car out because every time there was a safety car, there was a crash. So they just started running behind the virtual safety car. <laughs> um, I can see Vips getting a chance at AlphaTauri because Vips has definitely got some stuff there. He's Red Bull. He's on a Red Bull program. Um, I think if Sonoda doesn't work out or Gasly leaves or Perez leaves, then I reckon you might see uh, Vips in a in an AlphaTauri yeah. potentially next year really or the year after. wonder why. Yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued by all these moves. I think silly season when it starts this year at Christmas time will be really yeah. interesting. yeah. I, I think what I want to do is I want to look at all the um, young driver program graduates at the moment. I want to see like who's gone through each driver program and who's in the grid now and who's coming through and, and just see where everyone is. And I think that's going to be something potentially for next week because next week we've only got um, we've got IndyCar. So we might do a bit of a newsy bit next week. We've just got the Detroit doubleheader yeah. next week. So we might maybe do like a little bit of something just like a little something, kind of newsy feature or something. I don't know. We'll get someone on. I don't know. Oh, hello, cat. Um, move out the way, Leo. Go. Right, he's gone. Cool. Right, so we just got one more race to go through, which was the F2 feature race. So, Joe still led the title fight on 78 points, uh, but the fight from second to fourth was just three points between Lawson, Portier, and Tictum, and Schwartzman all gunning to cut into Joe's lead. But with... Oh, go away, cats. But with a north of 20 points deficit, it would be a big swing to change things this weekend, at least. The grid saw Lawson lead Vips on the front row with Joe in 8th and Schwartzman in 10th. The feature race start was aborted because Jack Aitken and Matteo Nanini stalled on the line and got pushed into the pits and had to start at the back. Nanini obviously returning from his uh, his F3 doubleheader. Um, the second start saw Vips take the lead from his teammate at Turn 1, then Armstrong again into the wall and uh, at Turn 2 with poor chair off at the same time down the escape road. Uh, Tictum, who was also involved in the incident, had to pit for a new front wing, but this would not count as his mandatory pit stop. And he also got a 10-second penalty as he was blamed for the incident. Um, I think it was a bit 50-50, to be honest. It was three cars going into one corner. Um, it was like, uh, it was the, I think it was turn four. Tictum came from a long way back, but the other two cars were always going to collide. Um, yeah. I think it was a bit harsh. I think racing incident or five second penalty at best. But uh, yeah, I think it was a little bit harsh. Lawson and Piastri battled for second turn after turn with Lawson reclaiming the place he lost on lap one. Lawson's race was ruined by a 10 second penalty for aggressive defending on lap one while Schwartzman and Beckman made on track passes. Vips was first in on lap six with Joe following him in for sure. Rear-ended Viscal. Uh, to spin him round at turn one. They both continued, but were out of contention. Vashaw, who was rear-ended in the previous race by... Uh, you are right there? You having fun? Vashaw was... Uh, 
for sure was the one who gets was, me. Fuck, yeah. that's what it's like watching it. For sure was the one that was rear-ended by Nissany in the previous race, and he ended up rear-ending someone in the same place in this race. After the nice. first run. After the first run of stops, Piastri uh, jumped Vips, but Vips retook him on warmer tyres. I don't know why I put that in there. I I'll cut that out next time. Uh, crazy moves everywhere <laughs> with half the grid on on warm or old tyres and uh, with others on cold tyres. And when it all settled down, uh, Tickton led but would have to make a second stop later on. A well-timed safety car would put him back into contention, though. The return of Dick Tantrum up front when his engineer told him about his 10-second penalty and he had a bit of a rant on the radio. And Piastri, in a net second, got five-second penalty for unsafe release. So a busy day for the stewards all round. Uh, Joe was moaning about his uh, his race, about his race pace, and his engineer told him to get on with it. Um, and he was sitting in thirteenth place. Uh, Tickton made his final stop and dropped to eleventh with fresh tyres, and could have still had an impact on the race if there was a safety car. But there was no safety car. He managed a few good overtakes and climbed to eighth. But Vips won from Piastri, uh, and. Schwartzman in his best weekend of the year. So for that one, I think Vips was probably the driver of the day. Um, I think uh, Armstrong was probably my dick of the weekend and probably Tictum overall was my driver of the weekend because even though he had a bit of a bitch, he still had a decent race in race three. Um, so I will go with Tictum and Armstrong because Armstrong is just like, he seemed to be every bit as good as Schwartzman and Schumacher, but now he's just nowhere. And he's part of that driver academy. So I'm just a bit disappointed with him, to be honest. The cat is rubbing against the microphone. That's what that noise is, by the way. Um, yeah. So it is what it is on that one. No, like, I didn't see the races, so I can't really comment on yeah. anything. No, that's fair enough. Sorry. Um, I feel I a think... bit vague here, but yeah. I'm just a bit like, I have no idea what really happens apart from your race review. But that's, that's the FD. So I think I'm going to try and I'm going to try and mix up the format a little bit of this because um, it's just a bit boring me just doing three race reviews every week. So I'll, I'll try and think of a way of making that a bit more engaging for, for the, next time This is the part of the problem. And then we're going to have the same with Formula 3. Yeah, happens. we're not. We've not got another F two race until sixteenth um, of July. When does W series start? It's uh, soon. Jesus Christ! It's um, yes, because Jamie Chadwick's involved in W yes. series, obviously. Yes. So the first W series race. To Ian, as Jamie is obviously a very very nice person. Yeah. That gives away awards. Yeah. So she can might... uh, give away all this podcast. Yeah. Um, that sounded wrong. Um, <laughs> so. <we've> got... <laughs> So we've got uh, <laughs> give it away, give it give away now. Anyway, so we're, we're I don't know how this affects because um, I'll have to check on the website. But because of the whole rearranging of the episodes in Austria, uh, episodes because of the rearranging of the races, it looks like W Series starts in Austria one and then continues in Austria two. So it looks like Aust- looks like W Series and F three are going to do well. F three are going to do six races in Austria. Oh dear God! And it's bad enough goes. with three races in the same place, let alone six. Yeah. It's gonna be yeah. Oh, lose. It's gonna be like a third right. of their We've season. We've got to rethink this. Track. We've yeah. just got to rethink this three. Yeah, we'll 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 have a look at that. It's only so um, much we can do. So yeah, we have got W Series starting in a couple of weeks. <laughs> that sounds like we've got time to even think about these things. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've we've Mean-new- only got one race. So sorry that, that right for the next like ten weeks, about eight weeks now. I think this podcast is going to be a bit ramshackled <laughs> at the moment. Just the next 10 weeks. It's been like that for the last 10 months. <laughs> yeah, but at least I was sort of more in the room. I haven't been in the room, and it's sort of all a bit mad at the moment. 
um, <laughs> with our work schedules and our life schedules. Mm. Yes, yes. Uh, but I've got some um, annual leave coming up this week because I'm supposed to be in my honeymoon. So uh, I've got a few days oh, off. Oh, yeah, how's that? So, yeah, it's going to oh, be great. Oh, well, actually, hang on. So was this the one I was meant to have done live on my own? No. Uh, no, that's the next one. It was supposed to be France. Oh, thank God for that. Um, yeah, but I, I can make all the podcasts now. But Laura's still welcome to come on because I know she was going to come on for, for the French Grand Prix. I'll just quickly go into the standings. So um, Guan Yuzhou leads the standings on 78 points and Piastri now has closed right up on 73. Good. I do not want Zhou to win the championship. Schwartzman finally gets into the championship fight now with 66 and Vips on 63. Come on, Schwartzman. And then Tictum um, is on... 60 points, 18 points behind there. So, Porcher, the outside, outsider on 55. And then you've got Deruva and Lawson, 53 and 50. I think those eight are the ones that we need to be looking at. We're not even halfway through yet. We've got three rounds in Silverstone, and then we're at the halfway point in the season. So, I think you're looking at those top eight. You've got eight people there that can still win the championship. Um, as we scroll down, the only ones who have got no points yet, Jack Aitken, but he's only done a couple of rounds. Um, Samaya, but he's rubbish. Petakoff, he's only done a couple of rounds, and Deleda, he's rubbish. So, uh, yeah, it's um, quite a nice even spread of points in Formula 2. But, uh, yeah, we've got Formula 3 coming up again, so that should be fun. Do you know what? I've got a week of night shoots coming up on oh, this job. Oh, fun. Um, and, weirdly, it's the only weekend where I haven't got a race, <laughs> I think, weirdly. Hmm. Oh no, it can't be there. So we've got we've got Detroit doubleheader coming up um, this weekend, uh, and then we've got the French Grand Prix after that, a couple of weeks, and then we've got the doubleheader in Austria along with Mid Ohio. But we've also got Formula E on the twentieth of June as well, or nineteenth and twentieth. We've got a doubleheader in Mexico, so that's going to be fun. Oh really? Is it really going to be fun? It will be. We'll get Charlie back on. We've got to do less work because he can do it all oh, for Oh, yeah. I like having Charlie on. I feel like I missed him for a little while. Where's Charlie? Yeah. He seems so we to got, be just... That's uh, going to be busy, though, because now they've, moved the, now they've moved it around. We've got France, IndyCar, and Formula E. Anyway, let's go. Let's end this because people aren't really interested anymore. I, I'm not interested either. So I'm no. surprised that, that we've managed to, uh, to keep Darren. Seemingly, life. yeah. Yeah, we lost George a long time ago. Let's go. Bye. Bye. We are a fully independent podcast hosted by two opinionated friends who like to hold. Who like to. (laughs) We are a fully independent podcast hosted by two opinionated friends who like to put the words right. You can find us on all all major podcasting platforms by searching. The man has the world's biggest nipples!